This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, The Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon. Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode 2, This Ain't No Place for No Hero, starts now. Welcome back to Of Dice and Droids. It is episode two, and uh, with us on this run through, we have uh, Jay. Hello. And Show. Hello. Saf. Hey. And of course, our game manager, Tom. How's it going, everybody? Awesome. Well, I am not a player in this round, so Tom, I am turning things over to you, and go ahead and start us with uh, what the episode title is. Uh, today's episode is Episode 2, This Ain't No Place for No Hero, um, and here is the opening crawl. Uh, the galaxy stands on the edge of a blade. The struggle for control is constant, with crime cartels and gangs seizing even the smallest opportunities to gain an advantage. One such opportunity has presented itself to the Myteranor Group, a trading syndicate operating outside of the Empire's control. The Hut Cartel, normally Myteranor's rivals, are offering a place at the bargaining table for the group, but they are not alone. Wary of Hut treachery, the leaders of Myteranor look for a means to sway the negotiations in their favor calling upon a trusted team of outsiders with aims to rig the game in their favor before it even begins. <laughs> trusted. <laughs> All right, so as we get started here, um, what I'd like the three of you to do is just um, give um, the rest of the people in the group, as well as anyone who happens to be listening to this, a... Um, short little five second intro uh your character's name and just like you know characters uh you know like species your your class you know just a couple of those framework things and then uh, we'll get started so uh um saf let's have you go first all right um my character is jinchana she's a pantoran um a performer is a specialization <laughs> um what else am i supposed to say that is really it Okay, cool. I'm good. Uh, Jay. Percival Verpalian Oxtro is a human politico. Um, and show. Shoto Ron is a Togruta mechanic. Um, so, uh, tell me, um, 
Shoto. Uh, tell me how long you've known the other two people in your group. Um, several months at this point. Okay. I'd say. Uh, and what what are your what are your general thoughts on Percival? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, he really needs to pay me for the repair job I did. Uh, what exactly did you repair? Let's see here. Was that your ship, Percival? Yes. Yes, I repaired his ship, and he did not have any money to pay me back. So, I am not leaving him alone until he finally pays me back. Also, this gives me, like, a chance to look at other ships, which is never a bad thing. But he is a ridiculous fop who needs to actually, like, actually, like, pay people instead of just expecting people to capitulate to his will. Okay. Well, you three um, are on board a ship. Um, you guys have uh, been given a ship by the Mytantanor group, which is a group that you guys are working for. Um, Percival, what do you what do you uh, what do you know about this group? You've been working for them for a couple months. Well, based on what I've heard, is they're they're some sort of syndicate of ruffians and ne'er do wells. Uh, I don't pay much attention to people of of lower social uh, status. All I know is. They will help us get to where we want to go, and we have to do some things to help them, and I'm just sort of fine with that. I mean, I understand that I'm in, in demand. I'm kind of a big deal. All right, Mr. Big Deal, thanks. Um, <laughs> if all of you guys could go to the uh, the chat window for a second and click on the link, this is the ship that you've been given by um, the My Terranor group. It's called the Red Dawn. Um, it's a, a pursuer class enforcement ship. Um, it has a decent amount of like, of you know, it's got weapons to it, um, but it's not a long range ship. It's generally meant for kind of going out. Um, it has, you know, you you could go out in it for you know a couple of weeks to perform a mission or two, but then you'd probably have to go back to get more provisions. Doesn't quite have the uh, either sort of sensor uh, setup nor quite the weapons and storage package that a larger freighter might have. But um, it's a pretty fast ship, and for the type of missions that you guys have been taking on, it actually works pretty well. It also allows you to kind of fly under the radar, both literally and figuratively. Um, so it's the three, It's very pretty. Um, it is not your ship, though. It has been loaned to you, and you have been reminded repeatedly that you have been loaned this ship and that it is not yours. Um, as long so as I get to fly it and stare at it, it's fine. Uh, so the three of you are on board the ship, and you are awaiting your next uh, sort of assignment. Um, uh, for about a week, you guys haven't had anything to do. You've just been told to sort of, uh, you know, remain available. Uh, don't leave. Don't you know? Don't leave the ship uh, unattended for too long because you know messages or or some sort of mission might come in at any moment. Um, so you've sort of just been uh, stuck on the ship for the most part. And uh, what has Jin been up to in the last few days? I'm so bored. <laughs> I've just been I've just been lounging around on everything. 
and just waiting for someone to pay attention to me because they're ignoring me and I, I'm not enjoying it at all. There's nothing to do on the ship. Please help me. Okay. Let's see if I can do it. So, um, as Jin sits there and ponders her like never-ending boredom that will either soon kill her or force her to kill one of her compatriots just to have something to do, um, uh, you guys get a hollow call, and uh, I'm assuming that you answer it. Yes, I, I okay. suppose I'll answer the call myself. Okay, um, you answer it, and the image of a um, slightly older-looking uh, female Twi'lek um, appears on the hollow screen. Um, you recognize this person as Leandra. She is um, one of the primary sort of business managers for the Myteranor group. Um, you've spoken with her several times in the past, though she's not always the person who delivers um, mission information to you. Um, but she's a pretty high-ranking member of the of the group. So usually, when she contacts you, there's you know a rather important um, job for you to do. Um, and upon answering the call, she uh, immediately greets you, Percival, with a uh, sort of semi-formal bow. Uh, and then uh, requests that you gather the rest of your compatriots um, for a mission briefing. It is always a pleasure to to meet with your acquaintance. I will gather the rest of my compatriots, my retinue, and so I go out to the the main ship and I I find Sho doing mechanicy things, I assume, and I I gather her, and then I find Jin lounging and I gather her. Hello. I think I think we'd be above yeah. your encumbrance, right? I, I don't actually like grab you. I, I I sort of, you know, gesture meaningfully. And you're assuming we'll follow this meaningful gesture? Do you just like walk on, or? I mean, I, I sort of raise my eyebrows expectantly, and, and you know, you you you've been summoned. Fine. Yeah, I'll I'll go. Fine. It gives me it gives me something to do. I sigh exasperatedly before I go. All right, so the three of you head back to the hollow, and uh, upon doing so, oh, hold on just one second. Oh, all right, sorry about that. Um, so upon doing so, um, Landra um, sort of very quickly and without too much, uh, with really not without any fanfare, um, pushes. Um, a map uh, sort of into the hollow or over the hollow where, so you can't really see her anymore. You now see a map and it's of a large portion of the outer rim and asks if you're aware of what's been going on out there recently. Um, and she, the way she asked the question, she seems particularly in, she seems like she's probing, um, but she wants to know what, you know. Oh yeah. I totally know everything happening out there. Really? Totally. Really? Yeah. yeah. El el elucidate and illuminate for me. Uh, uh, I I look at I look at Percival. <laughs> well, you know this is the beginning of the social season in the corporate sector, so obviously uh, a lot of <laughs> folks have been traveling there to go at the the local embassy ball at you know Eddie Four, the capital of the corporate sector. So naturally, we're completely fully aware of that. Um. I actually have knowledge of the Outer Rim beyond the social season. So, yes, I, I know vaguely what's happening, but it seems rather um, 
Well, first off, it doesn't relate to ships. And second off, it's not exactly something being loudly broadcast across the entire galaxy or even the entire outer rim. So, Well, what is it then? The huts are selling are offering something to people to like all sorts of groups they usually wouldn't like all right you see her sort of the map disappears and she comes back and you see her turn sort of off screen and she's like are you really sure this is the right people and you guys actually overhear her say that you're not sure who she's talking to (laughs) (laughs) pretty sure we're not but uh and she turns back to you and says, when's the last time any of you have been on Tatooine? Why would I ever step foot on that planet? There's so much sand. Do you know, that gets in your hair and it takes months to get out. I, I attempt to tell her that, you know, setting foot on a planet is no substitute for having uh, the right poise and bearing to be a natural in any given circumstance. I say. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I am trying to persuade her or con her into thinking that uh, style and presence is more important than actual knowledge or experience. Because we need. <laughs> By the way, that was her character saying that, not me. Okay. Um, um, okay. So you would like to use your charm. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to have you do, Jay, is I'm going to have you build me a dice pool. Sure. Uh, you have two ranks in charm and three points of presence. So you're going to be using three of your dice, and two of them are going to be yellow. One of them is going to be green. And then I would like you to additionally add uh, two purple dice and one red die to the okay. dice pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and roll. Please do. Okay. Oh, look at that. So five successes and two threats. So uh, you succeed in you know your your with your witty charm, um, <laughs> but uh, her response is. Um, to immediately sort of be taken aback as if you are um, speaking down to her, as if that this is something that she doesn't or wouldn't already know, some sort of like axiom that you're trying to teach her. Um, And so she responds by uh, informing you that if you ever um, desire a a true lesson in, you know, uh, poise and uh, preparedness, that she's more than welcome to administer it. And the the manner in which she tells you that uh, lets you know that um, the administration of such a lesson would probably involve some sort of blunt force trauma to your head. Um. Well, naturally, I, I assume that you are an expert in in the finer points of etiquette and knowledge. I was just illuminating for the benefit of my crew here, is all. Excuse I roll me. my eyes. Oh, God, you guys are going to get along splendidly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she um, sort of waves her hand again as if she's, you know, grown, you know, as, as if the particular line of conversing has grown a little tedious for her and uh, says, you know, you're, you're correct, uh, Shoto, that um, the huts are offering a 
uh, an opportunity. And uh, as much as we are uh, wary about its legitimacy, um, given the times and the circumstances, we can't afford to pass it up. Uh, what I can tell you is this, uh, the huts are planning to auction off some sort of advanced technology. Um, they believe that it has um, some sort of uh, ship making capability that's uh, as of yet been unseen or unheard of in the galaxy. Um, and they're willing to auction it off to the highest bidder. Uh, it's pretty clear that this is uh, an attempt by them to uh, remain um, to continue to be seen as a um, as a power, given the um, well, given the rather serious blow that their organization has suffered in the last few weeks. Um, nevertheless, um, we've been extended an invitation uh, to the auction, uh, which we will be attending. But we want you to act as our insurance uh, on this matter. Um, we need you to get to Tatooine and we need you to make contact with uh, make contact with uh, Rian Ran, um, another member of the uh, the council who will provide you with more specific details on your mission, as well as uh, provide you with backup if possible. Um, most important, most important is that at no time do you allow yourselves to be found out by any of the other parties involved in the auction, especially the Rebellion and the Empire? Um, we can't afford during this, and she she ponders for a moment, choosing her words sort of very, very, very carefully as if someone else is listening. Um, during this delicate time in the life of the galaxy uh, to draw untoward attention to ourselves. Do I make myself clear? I stare pointedly at Percival. I say what? They, they don't like me right now. The Empire is kind of upset with me. I won't, I won't make a fuss. Oh, but we're supposed to not draw attention. I'll wear my black silk robes instead of my shiny purple one. <laughs> Jin just laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Um, Leandra holds up a, uh, a data pad to the hollow and you can actually see that she is looking at a, um, a bounty order that has been put out on Percival um, <laughs> for uh, a bounty order that has been put out on Percival for, uh, for high treason. Um, but the rest of the details for why exactly he's being charged with treason are redacted from the bounty notice. Um, and she just sort of shakes her head and says, see that you do. And then the hollow cuts out as she, she leaves. So no problem, guys, right? We're, we're, we're ready for this little assignment. Nobody will ever figure me out. All right. Well, you guys have been told to make all haste to Tatooine and to find Rian Ran, who is uh, a contact with my entourage. Um I would like... Uh, <laughs> anyone who wishes, um, if they would like to, could make a, let's say, underworld check. Uh, I to see To see <laughs> if they know anything about 
uh, Rian Ran, uh, if you've run into him in the past, if you can try to recall if you've crossed paths with him on a previous mission or just in your general uh, your general dealings with the the group. I will yeah, make an else do that. Okay. So who's going to do that? Who wants to do that? I do. Sure. Okay. Shoto. Sure. Sorry. Uh, Shoto will. That's fine. Um, all right. So you uh, don't really have any ranks in uh, in lore. In, you know, in lore, um, you have an intellect of two. So intellect of two means that you get two dice. Um, and because you don't have any ranks, those two dice will be the most basic pool of dice, which is the two green dice. Okay, so it's exactly what it says next to Underworld on my character sheet. Correct. So all of your character sheets to the far right have a thing that says a column that says dice pool, and then it has a bunch of pictures. Um, those pictures are that's how that dice pool has been derived. You you take a characteristic that determines how many dice you get. You then take a skill, and your rank or ability with that skill determines how many of the dice in your pool get upgraded from green dice to yellow dice. It's sort of the, the fundamental basics of how dice pools work in this particular type of game. Um, Sho, I'd like you to oppose that with just two purple dice. This is just a relatively average skill check. You're just sort of like plying the corners of your memory to see if anything comes up. All right. Okay, on the green dice, I have a total of three explosions. All right, that's three successes. All right, and on the purple dice, I have one um, crosshairs thing that looks like a TIE fighter window. Okay. And two chevrons. So okay. is that two failures and a threat? That is two failures and a threat. Um, but you had three successes. Um, so, so I succeed, but I'm threatened. So you do succeed in that you do know who Rian Ran is. He is a Sullustin. Um, he is uh, probably the number three ranking member of the council. Um, uh, and that he is, it's probable that he may actually be in line to one day lead the council, uh, depending on how things go. Um, he is fairly ruthless from what you remember. You did have one encounter with him. But uh, you are loath to share it with anyone, given uh, sort of how poor and traumatizing it was. Um, and it's actually not even uh, something that you want to particularly dwell on um, now that you're thinking about it. Sounds like a and fun guy. You are going to suffer one strain. And what strain is, is um, if you think about, uh, think about, most normal video games or, or RPGs, you have health and that's about it. You've got X number of health and when that health's gone, you pass out or you die or whatever. Um, but if you think about games like um, the Elder Scrolls games from Bethesda or Fallout, um, oftentimes you'll have health, but you also have like stamina. And if your stamina goes to zero, then you might, you know, be really, really slow or, or, or whatever. But it's not a, like, it's not like you're bleeding out or dying. Um, so this game has wounds and strain and uh strain is essentially like fatigue um if you end up with zero or if your strain exceeds rather if the cumulative strain exceeds your strain point value so for shoto it's 13 um you would pass out so you receive one strain so one amount of stress or fatigue from recalling this rather difficult memory 
Okay. All right. So you let everyone know that he's a Sullustin and that you, you've met him before, but you don't unless you feel like you want to. You don't have to tell them that you've met him and you don't have to tell them what the, that encounter was like. I thought you just said that I do tell him that I met him. Oh, you, you tell him that you know who he is, but you don't oh. have to tell them like the circumstances of having met him or, or interacting with him. Hey guys, he's a Sol- he's a Sullustan. Okay. <laughs> great, great reaction. Crowd goes well. It's so small. Not that small. Uh, their, their, their faces kind of look like their pancake breakfast pastries all stacked and fused together. I shoot you a look of disgust. Percival, that's rude. We, we talk like that all the time on Coruscant. That's we have little pancakes. descriptions of every species. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, 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 please. Oh, no. Please, uh, tell me, what is the description of Togruta? I, I've seen you wield mechanics hammers. I think I'll, um, look, there's, there's a, there's a book I haven't read yet. I'm going to go do that now. Well, that was illuminating. Don't, don't look at me. Nobody told me any of these names. That's because you're blue. People like blue people. All right. Well, Percival uh, extricates himself from the situation before he gets uh, beaten with a wrench and or shocked by Shoto and her shock gloves. Um, uh, And it would appear then that Shoto is headed to the cabin to set the uh, astrogation charts to uh, send them to Tatooine. Off we go to Tatooine, unless anyone has anything that they would like to uh, do or take care of before we push you onwards. We're good. I'm good. Okay. All right. So uh, you guys head to Tatooine. It's a quick jump. You weren't really all that far out from it. Um, and again, the, the Red Dawn is a pretty capable ship in terms of its speed. Um, so you arrive there pretty quickly. Um, when you arrive on the planet, uh, you uh, head into dock and uh, the you're going to land in Mos Eisley uh, and uh, well you haven't been none of you have been to Mos Eisley or haven't been there in a long time if you have been uh, you weren't expecting there to be any sort of like dock master or, or sort of harbor master at the spaceport Um and yet, as you approach um, the spaceport, you are um, hailed and asked to explain why you are coming to Tatooine. And this guy who sounds rather bored and, uh, you know, a little bit tired gets on, you know, calls you guys over your uh, the comm system and just says, please state and explain your business and Mos Eisley. Um, no unauthorized entry into the city at this time. And Shoto is Shoto. You are flying the ship, um, and Percival and um, Jin are in the uh, the sort of cabin with you guys, with the other ones. Okay, right. so we're all on the bridge. Yeah, what it's not say? really a bridge so much as it's more of like a 
cockpit. It's more like the Millennium Falcon than it is like, you know, a large scale, like Star Destroyer type bridge. So it's cozy. Relatively, yeah. Um, making sure that the, the microphone light is off. Um, I, I look over at a Jin and say, you're good at acting. Um, say hi to the man. Okay. Okay. I, I can do that. Um, so I, I turn on the mic and I'm like, hey, it's a lovely day. Um, I, I, I suppose. <laughs> please, please state your business here. There is no unauthorized entry into the city at this time. Um, so I have this aunt and she's on her deathbed. It's, it's terrible. And she lives in Tatooine. I don't know why she got kicked out of the family. And so she came here and she's dying and I'm the last relative who cares about her. And if you don't let me in, I'm not going to be able to see her before she dies. And it's, it's, I'm going to feel awful. And the rest of the family is going to hate me. It's going to be the worst. Please just, sir, I know you have kindness in your heart. (laughs) Can you please provide me with the citizen's name? I will check city registries to confirm your request thank you there's no unauthorized entry into the city at this time i turn off the mic and i look at the other guys and i'm like help uh well there's always someone named you know like wind racer or sky stroller or or high uh swimmer or something just make up a name Okay, um, and then I turn it back on, and I say, her name is Sunny Wind Walker. Sunny Wind Walker, please hold for a moment. Please do not deviate from current course, or your ship will be destroyed. Thank you. And the, the, the sort of, the calm goes dark for a second, and you're just sitting there. You have no idea uh, what's going on. Okay, so who wants to start working on a plan B? Well, it was nice knowing you all. Um, I can help draft some wills before we're all blown up if that's necessary. Well, I didn't that's know you fine. did law work. I, I don't, but we have. I have a, a great uncle who who does those things, and I, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure none of the technicalities matter that much. We're on the outer rim. No, there are no laws out here anyway. I don't think Do they're gonna count wills. Uncle- Do you think this great uncle of, of yours would be able to loan you money to pay me back? My my family and I aren't on, on speaking terms. And enough about the money already. I'll 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 pay you eventually. Uh-huh. The calm crackles back on and he says, Please proceed to docking bay four. Thank you. I hope your aunt feels better. Thank you. Have a lovely day, sir. Uh, and you guys head towards Docking Bay 4, now clear in the knowledge that there is a person on the planet of Tatooine named Sunny Windwalker. People on Tatooine have weird names. <laughs> I am a great actor, guys. Right. Um, high five, actual high five, in character. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know what this is, but I do it. Yeah, maybe I will watch one of your hollows sometime. You should. It's they're amazing. As you have told us. <laughs> All right. So, uh as you guys are 
<laughs> as you guys are, quick side note here, Brian seems to be upset by the fact that that succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was slightly tempted to check for bombs earlier. It's fine, because I just figured out who this Sunny Windwalker actually is. So thanks for that, Ooh. Seth. Anyway, back to the game. Um uh, so you guys head to Docking Bay 4, um, and you uh, dock the ship, uh, and what is your, what are you guys going to do? Um, you guys know you need to find Rian Ran, you know he's part of the Minternal group, um, and you know that he's a Solistin, but that's really all the information you know, and the, based on how Leandra gave you the info, it sounded like you needed to be pretty urgent and pretty quick about finding him. I think well, caves on top of they do. Um, they're like this small. They like caves, right? I roll my eyes and go to do some quick checks to see if the ship needs any maintenance. <laughs> Principal, you know a lot about different people, don't you? Um, well, we learned about Celestins in school. I'm trying to scratch my head and remember if my education covered Celestin habits, it might have. Um, is that something I'd make an education roll for? Yes. Okay. So let's see. Um, I have one yellow and one green. Uh, this is an education. Yep. So, it, yes. So, you get, yeah. Uh, it's going to be that. And just make it uh, two purple dice. All right. So that looks like one advantage in the success and fail canceled out? Uh, yes, that's correct. Um, so what that tells you is you don't have any specific information on sort of the, what I would say, you know, like the general habits of uh, Solistins. Um, as le actually, as far as you know, there's not really any sort of like general one rule sort of to to denote the behavior of solitons as a species um so but your best guess is given that he's here for some sort of meeting and that he's here for what will be though private it will probably not be entirely under the radar some sort of auction that checking in any sort of like larger public areas or public gathering places might give you guys either his location or help point you towards where the meeting is going to take place, where you might also be able to, you know, track him down somehow. We should go to the town hall or convocation center if they have them on these worlds and see if there are any hollow postings or other signs uh, telling us where this gathering is. And odds are our, our fellow will, will be there somewhere. I, I come back from checking the ship with a, uh, a large hood on slightly obscuring my uh, face markings. This looks some lovely fashion there, Shoto dear. Thanks. Uh, you know, us, us Togruta, we just can't handle the sun. 
It it gives you a lovely color, I'm sure. Uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd rather avoid the uh, burning though. Oh, that the the fainting, the heat stroke, you know. I would too. Jin runs back in the ship and just wraps herself in like fabric, <laughs> like in a fashionable way. <laughs> I'm just wearing a floppy hat, so I'm good. All right. So you guys head out from the ship, and um, where did you say you wanted to go look? Like the town square or town hall or convocation center, any public square area thing. Tatooine town hall. On, in Mos Eisley. Every, every so, planet has um, a... <laughs> surely. Mos Eisley doesn't really have an active <laughs> town hall. Um you know, there are a number of public meeting areas. There's um, a market. Uh, there is a cantina. There are a couple of other uh, places where you travelers could stay, uh, like hotels. Um, there's not really like a registrar, um, given how uh, transient most of the people are in the city, kind of coming and going. Um, and it's not exactly the type of place that keeps copious records about really anything. I, I turn to um, Jin. I say, "Hey, you're in Hollow Films, right? In most Hollow Films, I think cantina keepers are aware of every happening on the planet. Is that true?" <laughs> I assume so. Hollow Films are always based on the truth. That's what I thought uh, too. Oh, oh, brother! I I uh, start scooting away from you too. <laughs> so a cantina, then I could go for a drink right now. Oh boy. Um, okay. So you guys I follow hit. them. I follow them at a safe distance for any uh, violence that may occur. Okay. Uh, so you guys head to the cantina. Um, it is midday, and when you walk in, the cantina is not empty, but it is probably only about twenty percent capacity. Um, it's pretty sparse at the moment. Um, there's a gentleman tending bar. Uh, and uh, there is a regular cantina band is not really playing. It sounds like they're kind of just uh, like riffing and kind of practicing some tunes for, you know, performing later today when, you know, you would imagine the cantina will fill up after um, people come in from working or, you know, drop in from off world for the evening or, or whatever. Um, so it's kind of pretty mellow in there at the moment. I, I go to the uh, bartender. Um, I look at him and I say, "Good evening, my good man. Have you seen a Celestin around here? I, I I don't know his name. I don't remember it. But have you seen any Celestins?" They're asking me if I've seen a Celestin, but not a particular one. And you can't tell me anything else about him other than the fact that he's a Celestin. I'll be I, right back. I saunter. I saunter over and I put my arm on his shoulder. I'm like, sorry, my friend here, he's doing a research topic on Celestins in other environments apart from their home planet. Um, and so he's trying to find any, just to interview. He's just looking for any Celestins, really. Yes. Uh, the bartender who's kind of got a worn and kind of hard look on, you know, sort of just gen naturally sort of hard face um, regards the two of you for a moment and just says, this is this is the cantina. Uh, you, you, you drink something. This is not. This is not the uh, 
This is not the research museum. Uh, I'm not, I can't really help you with whatever the hell you're doing. I can't really help you. Now buy something or I'm going to have to ask you to get out of here. Okay. Can I, can I research your brandy collection then? He looks behind him and there is, there are sort of a range of, of weirdly labeled bottles. Some of them in, uh, are, some of them actually have sort of Arbesh markings on them. Some of them just look like they have like weird, like personally made symbols, um, and uh, he pulls one of the bottles uh, out from behind and places it on the counter there and says, um, tell you what, if you can drink all of this, and there's only, you look in the bottle, there's probably only about two or three glasses worth of the mixture in it. You can drink all of this. I might be able to help you out. Okay. All right. Um, so he sets a glass down on the table in front of you and sort of just pushes it towards you and then takes one step backwards and sort of like regards you. Well, I I sit about three stools away from Percival, then scoot over another stool and then ask for some whiskey. (laughs) I I take the the drink I'm offered. I raise it up and say to civilization and I attempt to down the drink. Okay. Uh, the bartender sort of idly just pulls a glass out, adds some, what looks like just like regular, you know, Korean whiskey or whatever to it and slides it down the table at Shoto um, and points up, gives five fingers saying that it's five credits. Um, okay. He's not even really paying attention to you too much. Um, okay. Well, I figure, hmm. I'll just add those five credits to Percival's bill because he's really the reason that I'm feeling the need for whiskey at the moment. So <laughs> I, I pay the man five credits. Okay. How do I determine so, my uh, dare. reaction to the drink? Uh, so your reaction to the drink, um, it is easily... It is by far the most disgusting thing you've ever you've ever consumed. Like it's not you. You don't even have to think about if it is because that's how bad it is. Like you don't even have anything else you could possibly ever weigh this against. Um, and you are able to down that first beverage, but you are already sort of hacking and coughing, and it is burning in your throat. And. Uh, as almost as soon as you finish, the uh, bartender has immediately like added another, you know, filled the glass back up and pushed it back towards you. Um, and you can see that you're going to have to drink this and probably one more in order to satisfy his, you know, kind of weird, deranged curiosity. I'm 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 watching in amusement. Okay. I just have my eyebrows raised. Now I say somewhat. Um slightly slurred maybe i don't know how much alcohol is in here but it's probably a decent amount so i say slightly slurredly now are you sure you know the answer to our question because i am not here for entertainment he just kind of chuckles and he says look you know we made an agreement out here beyond the rim that you know, we we honor our agreements. You finish that, and I'll tell you everything you want to know. 
Um, if you decide to take the second drink, I'm going to have you uh, have you roll some dice to see if you end up taking uh, any sort of actual damage from drinking this beverage. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I suppose the honor of my house is at stake. So, because I can't let these rim, I don't, I, I don't say this out loud. This is sort of what I'm, I'm using under my breath. Maybe, um, I can't let these, uh, maybe so, you know, under my breath, I can't let these, uh, rimward barbarians think they're better than me. So I take the other drink and I say, here we go, and I drink it. Okay. What I would like you to do is. <laughs> I would like you to roll a dice pool of, uh, let's see, Percival, your willpower is two. Okay, we're going to do two dice. Two green. Two green, two purple, and roll one of the percentile dice as well. I'm really excited to see what happens. <laughs> All right. All right. So those dice cancel each other out. So you don't suffer any critical. Uh, injury or damage to yourself. However, the second drink like gives you straight and immediate like tunnel vision and you are having trouble concentrating on really anything um, and you are fairly certain that continuing to drink this beverage is probably going to result in you burning a hole through your uh, stomach. Um, but you're still you're, you're, you know, you're still sort of with it. Kind of. Can I nominate a representative to continue the battle in my stead. He just shakes his head no. He says, deal's a deal. I Come grin a while. You're talking while all fancy doing. like that. You I, can, uh, I, you, I tried you, you to hide my grin to. from several seats away. I'm not hiding uh, mine. I'm grinning right at Percival. Uh, Shoto, you um, kind of look away trying to hide your grin. Um, in doing so, you look and see in the back of the cantina, one of the tables that actually has some patrons in it, there are uh, three individuals um, sitting there, not really talking to each other, though every once in a while you see like a hand gesture like pass between them, almost like some sort of sign language. Um, they're all looking at the bar, sort of watching Percival, who's not really making that big of a scene, but he's definitely, you know, like flailed a little bit and like he's, he's kind of wobbling back and forth as he's sort of combating the effects of the beverage. Um, these three individuals have um, uh, sort of darker blue skin and very piercing red eyes, um, and they're all just sort of watching you. Hmm. I think to myself, huh, I wonder if they're more Pantorans. Um, and I, I take another sip of my whiskey and then start slowly working my way in a meandering sort of way uh, around the bar. Or not around the bar, but like around the cantina towards them. 
Okay. Are you making like a, a straight line for them or are you just like wandering no, in I'm, that direction? I'm, I'm more meandering like around tables slowly, not a straight line at all. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, Jin, what are you doing while he, while, uh, um, Percival is enjoying his beverage? I'm just watching with glee. Like this is just, this is amazing to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Percival, uh, what are you going to do? So I guess it's the third and last drink, correct? Yes. So I grab the drink. I glance at Jin and I say loudly for the emperor. And I drink the last uh, drink. <laughs> I, I just put hands over my face. I'm just like, as no. soon as you say loudly <laughs> for the emperor, you hear several uh, like chairs and bent in stools and tables and stuff like move. You hear things crashing over and um, Jin looking around, you see like a bunch of people sort of jump out of their seats. Some people going to their blasters. Um, you see like a lot of tension just immediately sort of covers the room. Um, and uh you take that third drink, Percival, and uh, please roll the same thing you just rolled, but add one uh, purple die to the uh, to the roll. Now, in my defense, I'm really drunk, so you couldn't blame me. But okay, rolling. Oh, that's the percent, and then the dice. Hmm. <laughs> um. So uh, for a moment, you feel as if you're going to sort of like heave it all right back up. It's just churning in your stomach in a really <laughs> terrible way. Um, and you lean forward and go to ask the uh, bartender if he, you know, he, to say like, you know, I've, you know, I've completed your, your dumb task. Like, you know, tell me what I need to know. And you just sort of slip and pass out for a second and just fall to the ground and like bounce off one of the chairs and hit the ground. And um, Jin, you just watch Percival kind of like collapse into a heap on the ground for a few seconds. And he uh, is just kind of lying there uh, unconscious for the moment. Um, Do, uh, does Shoto know that, notice this? You are sort of walking towards those three individuals. You hear a crash behind you and turn around. And not only do you see the things that Jin saw, which is a bunch of people jumping out of their chairs and sort of looking tense, but now you just see Percival lying on the ground, kind of like mouth half open, like, you know, just completely woozy and, and uh, conked out. Uh, I snort in amusement and... Can I make a perception check on those reactions to see how violent things are going to get? Absolutely, you can. Um, so if you want to make, uh, yeah, if you just want to make perception. Um, let's see, for show a perception check for you is going to be one yellow die and two green dice. And please add to that um, one purple die. Actually, no, add two purple die. Okay. Okay. I have one threat, one success, and two little force symbols that I think are the opposite of a threat. 
They're like wings with a dot in the middle. Yes, those are advantages. That's so, it. Okay, so one in cancels, one cancels. Um, you said you got one ex success? Uh, yes. If oh. that is the explosion. Yes, explosions are successes. Always remember that. Explosions are successful. Um, Sounds like a good mantra, except for in the case <laughs> of Brian. Yes. Uh, Brian takes that a little bit too literally in his, as his character does. Um, all right. So you look around and it, um, everything good? You okay? All right. She's muted right. herself. She's good, yeah. I think. Okay. I'm just making sure none of our players are, are tricking to <laughs> um, Always important. Anywho, um, so Shoto uh, looks around and it just looks like the um, using, you know, calling out a, a cheer for the emperor uh, just resulted in sort of an immediate response by people. Um, your, you know, your, your guess is obviously the people out on Tatooine are out here. If they're out here by choice, it's because they want to get away from either the empire or just the, the, uh, you know, or the rebellion or both or whoever they're running away from. And so any sort of exaltation of any of those groups is probably going to provoke a similar response. Um, but seeing as how, uh, sparsely filled the cantina is you can tell that no one here looks like they're really that itchy to actually do anything no one has actually drawn their blasters uh some people just sort of put their hands very close to them uh so that's that um Jin, uh you are standing right next to percival who seems after a moment looks like he's sort of coming to but he's definitely just like super groggy and uh super like disoriented I guess I help him to his fate, though I am somewhat disgusted by his display. Uh, Percival, your help to your feet. Uh, your legs feel pretty wobbly, but you're able to at least stumble back into like a one of the stools so that you can, uh, you know, hold yourself up while you get your bearings back. You still kind of have this tunnel vision, but it's like, you know, it's dissipated a little bit. It occurs to me this was not very a dignified display. You would. It really was not. Yes, you would be correct in in uh in your thought. Um, you're also going to suffer um three strain. Wow. Yes. Uh, the bartender to looks rather impressed that you were able to finish the beverage. Um, but as of the moment, hasn't said anything or hasn't really like offered up any of the information that you guys sort of agreed to. So I seem to recall that a deal is a deal. A deal is a deal. Um, he uh, pulls out a slip of paper and writes a few symbols on it. Um, looks like the name of something and slides it over to you and just says that um, he actually tells you that uh, Celestin was in here earlier 
uh, and actually had instructed the bartender to give this little test to anyone who came into the cantina looking for him. And that if uh, an individual or individuals were to pass this test, that they would be, that they should be given this set of directions and sent on to, uh, to where he is. Good work, Percival. Good work. I, uh, sort of hum the, uh, actually, no, I don't, I don't do this, but I, I sort of have a sort of triumphant smug look on my face, but it's, it's kind of slippery because I can't really hold my, my face entirely still right now because I'm still a little woozy, but, you know, I'm, I'm drunkenly smug. Okay. Uh, Shoto, are you, uh, you doing anything? You see Percival kind of get up and you can see him talking to the, the bartender and he seems to be okay if a little bit off or a little bit more off than normal. Okay. Well, if my, um, if the person who owes me money is okay and, you know, Jin seems to, you know, have him in hand fairly well. I trust her a bit more than him. Yes. Um, so I figure she at least will probably uh, keep on hand whatever information they get. So I return to making my way towards the three uh, supposed Pantorans. Okay. Um, they, at glance from you, don't look like Pantorans. They don't really have the features that you normally see and associate with Pantorans, despite the um, skin color being similar. Um, none of them have any sort of uh, facial markings or tattoos. Um, then maybe it's but, uh, maybe it's another weird uh, rich human fashion trend from the core or something. I mean, knowing Percival. <laughs> Who knows what on earth they might do for looks? Do you ask uh, me if it's a fashion trend from the core? No, because I'm a, I'm across the cantina. I don't want anyone to know that we're associated, and you are freaking drunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just assuming that it's. Or I'm 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 guessing, speculating, I guess. You're speculating what? I'm I'm speculating that it might be a you know, knowing Percival if, uh and using him as my mental representative of rich core world uh core world humans, maybe it's some sort of weird new fashion trend. Uh okay. Um, all right. Well, if you want to continue your approach, then you can. Um, okay. I do continue my approach because. Okay. Uh, you get within about 15 feet of the table. Um, you're not, you're still not making like a direct beeline, but you're pretty close to the table. And the three of them get up almost without sort of any warning. One of them makes a sort of sweeping hand gesture and then sort of loops his hands twice in a circle. Uh, and the three of them just make for the exit. Okay, so they're headed to the exit. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back at the bar, uh, Percival and uh, 
Jin, what, if anything, are the two of you doing? You uh, have now taken the note from the bartender, and it's very definitely um, the name of a like nearby hotel um, with a couple of scrawled um, notes on like how to get there. It just seems like it would be a few blocks walk from where you are. I look I around. Is there still like are people still antsy? No, for the most part, everyone seems to have kind of calmed down. There are still some people who are kind of looking towards the bar and looking up around Percival, but no one else, you know, they've all retaken their seats and for the most part don't really seem to be quite as wound up. Okay, good. I I give the barkeep a wink and then I I drag Percival out of there. Whoa, 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 the barkeep says. uh, That was 75 credits worth of stuff you just drank. Like, you can't just... Do you think that was free? We Uh, had a deal. You offered drinks for information. You never mentioned anything about payment. You're coherent for a drunk man. I'm I'm very, very argumentative. That's what I do. Okay. (laughs) I can believe it. Uh, At that, he, uh, he thinks for a moment and sort of nods his head pulls the empty bottle off of the uh, the counter and puts it underneath the the bar. And when his hand comes back up, he's holding a very small little holdout blaster and points okay. it at you. Whoa, and whoa, says, whoa. Me- and I'm fairly sure that you owe me 75 credits. This is not Percival, a we'll split it. We'll split it, Percival. Do I notice this? Uh, you do, since you were turned back towards the uh, entrance where those three individuals are headed and are still heading. Um, you now see the bartender holding a holdout blaster, like at Percival and uh, Jin, who are you know a few steps away from the bar. Okay, and I'm assuming I don't hear any of the exchange. No, you don't really know the specifics of why he has a blaster pointed at them. Okay, well I roll my eyes and then um, glance at the exit and then turn and go back towards the bar. Okay. Um, Start getting my shot gloves ready just in case. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to assume you already had them on and they just sort of require like you kind of tapping a a button on them to uh, sort of get the electricity pulsing through them. Yes. Let's assume that because having them constantly on seems like a safety hazard, especially working around mechanics and computers. <laughs> yes. Um, so the bartender is still pointing the, the blaster at you two and it seems pretty intent on getting his money. First of all, we'll just split it. I'll help you pay for it. I don't care. Let's just not get shot today. I'd rather not get shot, too. I'll, I'll pay for it. Okay, good. Thank God. I don't want to pay for any of it. I've already paid for it, but very well. I'll pay for it with credits, too. Okay. So <laughs> as Shoto, as you're approaching the bar now, you're, you know, your shock gloves, like, ready to go, you watch as Percival drops more money that he owes you onto the bar, paying the bartender, who seems pleased... Um, 
and uh, but still has his holdout blaster out, um, but seems pleased as Percival is sort of like shaking his head as he's like th- tossing the credit tabs out onto the bar. Uh, meanwhile, ah. you see Jin make a sort of like perfunctory move to like pull out some credit tabs, but then just doesn't uh, as Percival starts to. <laughs> okay, well, I uh, get over there um, with my eyes just on the um, bartender and I say, hey, uh, what's all this about? Just finishing up a friendly transaction here. That's all, says the bartender as he puts his blaster away and sort of sweeps the credits down under the bar. I air quote when he says friendly. Okay. Oh, oh, really? Um. Hmm. Yeah, your your friend here was just paying for his drinks. Paying for his drinks, you say? That would be a change. Well, he paid me. I'm happy. I don't know what your Jen problem gets, is. Jen gets this massive grin because she can just sense the drama coming. I, I slowly turn to, to Percival and stare at him. So, you, you, have, you have some credits. Hey, I, I, I found out where this Celestin is. I think we should go. Oh, hang on a second. And I, um, do my, do my shot gloves give a visual crackle? Um, a visible crackle? White, they pulse a little bit. So if your glove is near someone, they can sort of feel this sort of like pulse of electricity kind of coming off it. And they can tell that if they got hit with it like that, it would hurt them. But it's okay. Not like, well, I make a seemingly yeah. casual gesture at uh, Percival and pulse my gloves. The uh, the bartender actually kind of mockingly holds out his hold up blast to you and says, "This usually works a lot better." Oh no! I want this to hurt. The bartender seems a little confused by your remark, and he like looks down at his blaster, trying to figure out how a blaster wouldn't hurt, um, but doesn't say anything more. This... So, did I ever tell you how Togruta have the reputation for being the finest and most considerate species in the galaxy? Because that's what we said back on Coruscant, it's true. I, I'm said. sure. Uh, do you want to roll a bluff check for that? Yeah, actually. Would that be charm or would that be deception or what would that be? Uh, this is probably your. I I will allow you to use the higher whichever one you have sort of a better rank in. You are you are attempting to charm her into, like, you know, letting this go. So I um, think that's two. There's a weird black square in my PDF. Does that mean anything? Yes. So the black square means that your ability, um, with that skill allows you to actually reduce the difficulty of certain dice pools. So that minus black would mean that in an instance where a setback die, one of the more difficult dice would be added to it, you would actually be able to negate negate that. Okay. Let's see, Um, I have two yellow and one green, I think. um, For charming? Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, 
uh, Shoto, you are angry at him. A uh, little bit. And so... No, I don't have... It looks like I don't have any core world knowledge, though. So... You do not. So we're actually going to say that this is... But you do have some ranks in Skullduggery. Um, and I do have some perception some ability in both perception and deception so uh what i'm gonna say is that the opposed role here jay is going to be one purple die one red die and it actually there would be a setback die given that this is sort of like a long-standing issue between the two of you that she's bringing back up but due to your particular abilities with charm, you can negate adding that die. So, so just add the killed with. So is that the kill with kindness built into that, or is that separate as well? That is kill with kindness built into. Okay. It. Yeah. So I have what opposing die then? So just a yellow and a red. Oh, a yellow um, and a red. Yellow and a red. Oh, so I don't have my greens at all. No, no. You have the. Uh, <laughs> sorry not a, not a yellow and a red a purple and a red sorry okay, there we go yes you have your greens and yellows and then the opposition here is going to be purple and red all right so i am rolling now okay all right okay uh you actually succeed in in this manner uh with <laughs> an advantage which kind of gives you some sort of positive side effect so uh Jay, I'm going to let you explain how that works then. Sure. So, you know, on, on, in the core world, we have great appreciation for um, beautiful things and especially for uh, cultures which match our sense of, you know, refinement and dignity. And we believe that the Toguda are uh, among the most uh, forgiving and gracious of all species and that they are, in fact, um, feted and uh, widely praised in court circles, and that even uh, some Toguta uh, uh, performance artists are, are are just, you know, fantastic and things like that. Things like that. <laughs> oh, well, um, maybe I won't add that extra five credits to your bill. Gracious, as always, I say, with as much sincerity as I can muster. I deactivate my shot gloves. Okay. Well, seems that you've diffused that particular situation. Uh, the bartender is just kind of laughing at all of this. Um, he seems to find it pretty funny. I look somewhat disappointed. <laughs> Man, you are thirsty for blood. <laughs> I just want the drama. It's not the blood, just the drama. She's an actress. That's true. <laughs> All right. So you guys have the Solistons location. You've paid your bar tab. What's up next? Um, Shoto, at this point, those three individuals that you had been, you know, play, paying particular attention to, they're they're gone. They've left. Yeah. Well. Since they're gone, they're probably long gone by this point, too, so. 
Uh, yeah, it's been a few minutes. Yeah, so um, I glance at the uh, note with the address on it and then look at Percival and Jin and say, that where we're headed? Yes, let's go get some pancakes. I... I reactivate my shot <laughs> I I just grab his collar and just pull him out of the cantina before anything more can happen. I'm drunk in my defense. That's no defense. You should have more bearing than this. He said I have strain. Can't control myself. I'm super drunk. All right. Uh, so you guys head out, and um, are you guys going to make your way directly towards where the instructions tell you to go, or are you going to be doing anything else, making any other detours? Let's go straight there. Hold up. Okay. Let's get Percival here some water first. Do they have water hey, on okay. this <laughs> They don't just have like freestanding water fountains all over Mos Eisley, if that's what you're asking. Because I just see sand and really brown buildings. You can eat some of the sand. It might it might dull out the alcohol. I I roll my eyes. Maybe we should just like put him back in the ship and then head to the hotel. Now let's keep him. I don't. I don't trust him alone in that ship. He might kill himself somehow, accidentally. And he might damage it. Don't let anything oh, happen yeah. to the ship. I I try to to stand myself up completely straight and straighten my robes, sort of as much as I can, which is probably not very much. And then I say, "I'm fine. I swear, by my ancestors and my house, I am fine." I ignore him. <laughs> I just roll my eyes. Okay, so do we have anything we can... Uh, Jin, do you have something we could use to um, gag him? Uh, do I? I, I? I mean, I have the clothes I'm wearing. <laughs> Wait, he's wearing a floppy hat, right? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Wait, what are you two doing? Trying to figure out how to like keep him from making us die. I'm very charming, you know. Your robes are a little bit ruffled and a little bit dusty considering you collapsed to the floor of a cantina. It's it's the new outer rim chic. They will likely require some some bit of laundering. I look at them. You guys know how to launder, right? Maybe if we just got him Maybe if we got him some food from a street vendor. Like if he's eating, he can't be talking. Right, right. I see I see where you're going with this. Um I, I look around for food stuffs. Do they have kadu here? I don't think they have kadu on this planet, but I like kadu. There are a number of street vendors, um, as you guys are arguing and talking you're sort of walking at least in the general direction of where um the hotel that you need to go to is and uh 
there are a number of street vendors who pass all sorts of what look like dried and cured meats, um, some sorts of like weird stir frying looking uh, things. There's a couple of stalls that look like they're selling bugs for eating uh, or other types of worms. Uh, they're... I head towards one of those. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey are, are these safe for humans? Uh, the, uh, the Duro who is managing this particular stall just sort of like puts up both his hands and shrugs. Um, and then it just immediately tr- starts to fill like a small container with some of them as if he, he, he believes that he, that that's you like trying to purchase them. Um, okay. he doesn't really seem to care and doesn't really seem to know how much, uh, he, uh, points towards a board above him, which gives, has like a couple of prices based on weight. The uh, the smallest variety being like a couple of credits, probably three. Uh, the larger box variety being almost ten credits. Hey, hey, Jin, uh, you saw where he got the credits from? Where uh, Percival got the credits from before earlier, right? Where his pocket was. Yes. Do you really Get want me to me. reach into his robes? Fine, I'll, I'll do it. I, I, I reach in and grab three credits. Okay. Hey. <laughs> uh, appropriate. So you're you're not you're not quite uh, in a in a state to be able to, to uh, protect yourself from someone pilfering a couple of credits from your your uh, your robe pocket there. And uh, she takes them and hands them over to the Duro, who in turn hands you back a small container with um, various forms of both dried and live bugs inside of. Mmm, delicious. I put my hands in my pockets. I will spoon feed you. We need to keep you quiet. <laughs> if you make me eat these, I will continue talking. Hey, Percival, I heard that um since you since you left Coruscant, these have become the new thing on the core worlds. Is that a bluff check against my core worlds knowledge? That is absolutely a bluff by Shoto. <laughs> Uh, so this is actually coercion because you're not even just trying to fit you're trying to actually get him to do something um so that is going to be two dice and just two green dice uh and that is going to be opposed by uh two red dice i only have one red dice uh so i will roll it twice uh hold on before you roll um, Jin, are you going to be party to the, this coercion, or are you just sort of a bystander here? Oh yeah, I'll be party to it. Okay. Or you uh, could be helping me. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> so you actually will get a, an extra green die. Woo! Okay. Three green dice and one red. Or two red, sorry. Yes, three green dice and two red. The odds okay. are still not actually in your favor. but Is ahead. that everything? Yes. Okay. Rolling the green dice. I have, wow, I have five advantages and one success. Okay. And red die number one. Um, The chevron with a circle. Okay, that's called despair. Okay, I got one of those, and rolling it again, two failures. Okay, Um, so you fail. Um, (laughs) 
I have so many advantages, though. So you fail, and Percival, the sort of her attempt to get you to eat it comes out very flimsy, and she's just like, but... Like I don't know, like they're they're eating it on Coruscant. Like I heard that that w- that was a thing. That that's totally a thing. Like that's how it comes out. You know that she's it's not like coming. the emperor himself really uh, loves these. But you you, know, you, you are died, you are a little bit charmed. The emperor's not dead. Why would you think the emperor's dead? Oh, is that something we don't know? I thought that's something we know. That you're not aware of the emperor dying or being dead or anything being wrong with the empire at all. Okay, cool. Um, uh, Very happy Percival. Um, so you know that she's she's not telling the truth. It's not at all convincing you to try to eat those bugs. But you are kind of charmed by like the uh, both the audacity and the just the 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 attempt. Um, <laughs> and so your first instinct was to actually like lift your hand up quickly and bat the container of bugs all over her. But you you refrain from doing it. I, I realize Press that she has some appreciation for the finer things, even if she doesn't know what they are. She's <laughs> making an attempt. You 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 actually take it as a kind of a compliment that like your cultured and you know sort of you know worldly ways are uh, are rubbing off on her. Oh my god! <laughs> nice sucking up, Shodar. <laughs> so first of all, um. If you stay quiet, I'm not going to force you to eat any of these bugs, but I'm going to keep them around. And if you start saying something stupid, they're going right in your mouth. I give Jen a thumbs up. (laughs) Jen and I have at least some history at court, so I'm sort of afraid of her threats. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I've probably done something similar before, honestly. Okay. So we're ready for the hotel then? Yeah. I nod because I'm not allowed to talk. Excellent. I'm proud of him. He's doing good already. I grin so widely at his speechless nod. All right. So you guys head back, head over to the hotel. It takes you only a few more minutes to get there. And when you walk in, the uh, the sort of front area is being manned by a uh, a droid who seems to be, you know, sort of in charge of... Uh, in you know uh in charge of uh you know taking care of checking people in providing information like all that stuff you don't see any uh um any sort of sentient beings uh well not sentient uh you don't see any sort of organic beings that are you know serving as uh this or like maitre d or anything like that i gesture at jen this seems like your area of expertise Um, go yes. and act at it. Okay, give give me give me a roll. Give me a roll. Uh, uh, long lost friend who you heard was here. No, long okay. lost friend. Um, wants you to deliver a message to. His cousin, who's a Celestian. 
okay, I can do that. Okay, I wander over and I'm like, hey, I just got this hollow from my friend. I haven't talked to them in ages. They seem like they're in a lot of trouble. Um, they they get into some they get into some bad stuff. Um, and they gave me a message to give to one of their friends who's like a Celestin or something. I don't I don't know what that is, but I gotta find them. Um, so you sort of passed the information there over to the uh, the droid who looks at it for a moment uh, and sort of you see him typing something into the console in front of you and says, ah, oh, yes, checking in uh, for, uh, I see, one evening. Um, and he looks up and sees that there's the other two individuals standing just behind you. He says, three people in the party. Hmm. The reservation did not stipulate the number of people staying in the uh, room. I will update it immediately. Um uh, and seems to be very engrossed in sort of updating whatever he's looking at. Um, and then uh, pulls out two what look like these like little cards and pushes them forward and says, here are your room keys. Uh, might I make, recommend making a dinner reservation for you this evening in our house restaurant? Um, I'll get back to you on that one. I got to check in with some people first. Okay, please have a splendid day and let us know is there anything else we can do to make your stay here pleasurable. Um, and then he kind of just goes back to the console doing whatever it is he does as the sort of front desk manager. All right, I pick up the keys and go back to the other two. Okay. Did I hear any of this exchange? You guys did. You overheard that she gave him the information on the Soliston and immediately the droid thought and carried forward with her checking into the hotel and gave her uh, two room keys. Okay, I'm going to try to access its memory banks to see if it uh, has memory of which room the Celestian's in. Uh, you're going to try to access the droid's memory banks. <laughs> that or... Mm. No, actually, that's a good point. That will that will require you to take the droid apart here in the lobby of the hotel. I guess that'd be kind of messy. Okay. Jin, you distract the droid. Um, I'm going to see if I can get some info from this computer. Okay, I can do that. All right. Meanwhile, Percival, what are you doing? Oh, crap. I didn't watch Percival. <laughs> uh, how drunk am I exactly still? Uh, you're, you know, it's a lot less. Your tunnel vision is almost entirely gone. You feel like if you started running, like if you really exerted yourself, you'd probably get dizzy. But, you know, otherwise you'd feel pretty fine. And there's nobody, so you mentioned the, the, the lobby was mostly empty aside from the droid, or are there people in the lobby? Uh, there seem to be a couple of people, like, you know, passing through uh you know passing through the lobby kind of in and out there's not really this particular hotel doesn't have sort of a big seating area in the lobby so there's not like people lounging around having drinks talking with each other um, the droid does seem to be the only like actual actual employee in the lobby on duty i will admire the architecture Okay, you admire the architecture. Um, you're not really sure when this hotel was built. Um, it's actually pretty drab. It looks like, uh, just based on a cursory analysis, that this that this hotel was built more for the uh, 
like utility of being a place that people could stay rather than for any sort of uh, like atmospheric aesthetic that they were trying to convey. Um, so it's your guess that most people don't probably don't stay here very long, that this is one of those things that anyone dropping into Mos Eisley for a night or two uh, for business or, or otherwise would stay in before, you know, leaving on the next ship, you know, out to wherever. And I guess I'll just continue to people watch while they do their things. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, back to Jin and uh, Shoto. Okay, I walk over the droid, and I'm like, "Excuse me, sir, um, or ma'am, whatever gender you happen to be, droid. Um, I would like to make a dinner reservation, but I have some questions." Absolutely, I'd be more than happy to happy help recommend a restaurant for you. Um, please, uh, what are your questions? Is there a particular type of t- cuisine that you happen to be looking for? Do you have any sort of allergies or medications that we should be made aware of? And the droid immediately starts spilling into like question after question after question after question after question of your potential, um, your food needs. Um, uh, Shoto, I would imagine that you attempt, you want to now try to access the computer? Yes. So first thing you're going to have to do is make a stealth check. Um, your stealth would only grant you two green dice. However, because you're sort of a coordinated effort here with Saf, um, and she is sort of distracting, I'm going to let you add an extra yellow die to your pool. Um, you're going to be opposed by uh, two uh, purple dice. Okay, that it. All right, let's see. Okay, one advantage, uh, three failures, and a threat. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the advantage and the threat cancel each other out. Um, so you uh, fail. Uh, you go to like duck behind the counter to access the console and you end up tripping and falling and like crashing into the ground. And the droid immediately turns around and he says, excuse me, I'm sorry, you are not allowed to be back here. This is for employees of the hotel only. However, have you been injured? Are you hurt? Do you require medical assistance of any kind? I can call someone if you need me to. Uh, uh, no, I, I think I'm good. I just um, drank a little too much at the cantina. Uh to the droid code that looks at you and says, that is odd. I was uh, under the impression that Togruta, individuals of your species, were known for a higher alcohol tolerance. Hmm. I must update my records immediately. Thank you. Uh, no. Oh, we do to- have a higher alcohol tolerance. It's just a, uh, I drink quite a lot at the cantina. A very strange thing the, uh, the bartender recommended. Uh, the droid is sort of no longer listening to you. The droid now seems preoccupied with like going back to the console and um, asking uh, Jin more questions about her her dinner reservation. Okay, and then I go back to attempting to access the computer. Do I make another stealth check? <laughs> um, well, the droid is now standing in front of the console, using it to access it as it uh, answers questions for um, uh, for Jin. So it's kind of now in your way. Dang. Never mind. I sigh and then go back to keep an eye on Percival. 
I Jin says uh, she notices that Shoto fails and so she's kind of like oh I think my friend there isn't looking so good I'll, I'll come back and finish this off later thank you for your help it's, you've been so helpful I, I, I tap Shoto on the shoulder and, and sort of gesture wordlessly at the droid and then you know shrug okay <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk. I'm trying to give her non-verbal. <laughs> All right. Well, I have no idea what you were trying to convey, so hopefully she does. I just stare at you in confusion. Do you need a better distraction? I murmur. Oh my gosh. Yes, you have permission to speak. Okay. <laughs> so I will go up to the droid and say, excuse me. I've noticed that there was some scuffing on, all over the uh, wall over here, but um, it, it needs to be ad addressed with. It's most, most unsightly. Scuffing? Scuffing? Where's the scuffing? Oh my gosh, please, please show it to me immediately. Oh my dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And the droid <laughs> seems to be freaking out and like, you know, scoots out from behind the counter and is like hurriedly following you along as it's looking, you know, it's sort of, it's... Uh, you know, its head is like swiveling back and forth really quickly, like so trying to it, find. It's here somewhere. Stuff. I know it was here somewhere. If you if you keep following me, I'm sure we'll find it. It's All most right. unsightly. The droid seems completely engrossed by trying to f figure out what's going on with the scuffing on the walls, and it's just sort of like shaking its head and yelling, "Oh dear!" and um and just sort of rushing about the room, like hoping that you're going to soon reveal like some sort of terrible damage that it can you know set to repairing. Um. Shoto, you can now access the computer. You don't really need to make a stealth check now, seeing as Jay has sort of, uh, or Percival has uh, properly, uh, you know, uh, distracted the computer, uh, the the droid. Okay. What or do I have to roll anything to access it, or is it just like an open terminal? Um, it's an open terminal. I'm going to ask you to make a. Um, I'm going to ask you to make a computer uh, check against one uh, purple die because uh, one purple die and one black die, but you also get a boost die, which is the blue one, because there is a slight amount of uh, like urgency to this because you do you are kind of under a time limit. Okay. So he left the terminal open. You don't have to like crack or hack the terminal, but you okay. do need to sort of find whatever you want really quickly. Okay, I have one threat, three advantages, and one success. One threat, three advantages. Okay, um, so you are able to uh, uh, exactly what is it that you were looking for? You wanted information on uh, Rian Ran. Um. Rian Rand, or if that name's not in the computer, just a male Celestian guest. Okay. Um, so you pop through the computer looking for that name. Um, the only place that name pops up is under the reservation that looks like has just been uh, filled. Um, so it actually looks like that Rian Ran, the name Rian Ran is the name that was on the reservation that Jin just fulfilled and got you guys key cards to. Um, however, uh, you make a secondary check for guests who are staying under, 
who are Solaston, um, which is a record that you see that the hotel keeps for all sorts of things, including like allergies and other sorts of like species specific um, queries they might have to answer. And you notice that there is one person, um, there is a, a guest who checked out yesterday uh, who was staying in room 304, uh, who is listed, his, the, the register lists him as a Solaston male who was accompanied by a, um, a utility droid um, who checked out yesterday. Is there an address on file? Uh, no, there's no other information on file other than that this individual checked out yesterday. Okay, then I quickly get out of that window and go back in to be in front of the desk rather than behind it. Okay. Uh, Jin, what are you doing, if anything? Um... Sorry. Um, I'm just watching Percival, like, in the droid, and I turn, I turn to Shoujo, I'm like, you know, he would have made a good protocol droid. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I laugh, and then um, <laughs> lean over and say, okay, let's, let's continue this reservation and see what happens. It's under the name we're looking for. Oh, okay. Cool. Lovely. So I guess out of the corner of my eye, as I'm leading the, the droid around, I see that Shoto is now back on the correct side of the desk. So I tell the droid, you know, I could have sworn I saw it here somewhere, but you know how human eyes are. But I appreciate that that you are so dedicated to the uh, hotelier's craft. Um... Thank you, sir. The droid responds, and it sort of very quickly whirls back and gets behind the uh, the desk again. Okay, let's let's go to the room. Okay, so you guys are going to head up to the room that you've been given. Um, yes. All right, so you guys head up there. You guys are staying in room four zero one. And you uh, open the door, and it just kind of looks like a very uh, actually Percival. It the the look of the room confirms your sort of initial observations about the hotel in general. Um, it's a very sparse room. Uh, there are uh, two like sort of larger bunks that looks like they could fit two people each. Um, there are a couple of tables and chairs. There's a um, a bathroom. Uh, and other than that, there's really not really much else in the room. There is a small um, screen that could display the HoloNet feed. Um, there's also uh, what looks like some sort of uh, intercom uh, that probably connects down to the front desk. Um, there is not really anything else in the room. Um, but you guys are not in the room for maybe more than a minute or two before there's a knock on the door. And opening the door, there is another protocol droid um, standing there holding a small box and explaining that he that they were instructed to deliver this box to um, the people staying in room 401, like immediately after they checked in. Uh, I checked the box. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you, let's see, I assume that your character has some. 
check for bombs. Um, mechanics and perception. Okay, so you're skilled enough to be able to find uh, probably a bomb. You might not be skilled enough to disarm one, but you'd certainly be skilled enough to find one. Um, and you're not really under any sort of stress or duress or anything, so you take as much time as you need, and you're satisfied that there's nothing in the box that's probably going to explode and opening the box probably won't cause any problems. Okay, then. I nod towards Jin and Percival and say, okay, Percival, open the box. Maybe it's a new hat. And I, I take the box and I sort of sit on the bed and I open up the box. Okay. You open up the box and there is a small handhold, uh, handheld um hollow recorder sitting in the box along with a small stack of credits i jump forward to grab the credits uh and a uh holdout blaster i take the blaster put stuff in my ropes okay um i look at shoto and i'm like i'm like you you can't take all of those the credits uh, tally up to, they are 75 credits. I, I sigh and I pass uh, 25 of them to Jin. I'm okay with that. I pocket them. So that counts against the uh, cost of the ship, right? <laughs> I, I just slowly turn and glare at Percival. Oh no, this this is interest. I always knew I was a very interesting person. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. I groan loudly. Alright, so I guess we have a hollow recorder. Um it's a recorder, not a two-way hollow transmitter, correct? Correct. So uh, I press play. Okay. Um, the image of a uh, Solaston man uh, appears in the hollow recorder. Um, and Shoto, you immediately recognize him, that this is Rian Ran. Um, and the hollow starts to play. Uh, a, it, you really can only see him. There's not really any detail around him, so you're not sure where this hollow was recorded or even when this hollow was recorded. Um, but it starts to speak, and he sa- he explains that um, if you were, you know, that the group that the Meritoro Council has sent, um, that he is going to provide you with secondary information regarding your specific mission related to the auction that the huts are holding. Um, He explains that he is going to be the um, representative for the council at the actual auction itself, and that um, while he is here on Tatooine at the moment, that uh, in order to keep your particular mission secret, um, and in order not to compromise the... um, the opportunity for Mantor that the two that you and he cannot be seen together and you can't meet, uh, hence the sort of chicanery and skull, skullduggery that he had to engage into uh, just to get you this information. Uh, I sigh in relief. So he explains that um, he's aware of seven other buyers who have come or are on their way to Tatooine to be part of this um, meeting. Um, 
he's not sure if all of them are going to show, but he's been able to track down at least seven other groups, including multiple other crime syndicates that include Black Sun. Um, he is fairly sure that the rebellion has been alerted uh, and that the rebellion will be sending representatives. Um, at the moment, he has not seen any Imperial presence um, and isn't sure if the Imperials are involved, um, though he is going to operate on the assumption that they are. Uh, he stops for a second and you see him, you, the hollow actually flickers off for about two or three seconds and you're not really sure what happened, um, but then it flickers back on. Uh, and he sort of resumes his his explanation. Uh, he says that more or less, uh, Mayantar can't assume that they're going to win the auction, but that if the technology that's being auctioned off is as valuable as the Hutt's claim it is, that it could be something that sways the balance of power in the galaxy, particularly among... Um, like trade groups and trade consortiums. So uh, basically my Terranor is gonna do everything that they can to uh, to basically get the technology, which is where you three come in. Uh, he wants you to A, find out everything you can about the tech before the actual auction, which is to take place. Um, and he gives you a date and time, which you guys very quickly calculate is around 72 standard galactic hours from right now. Um, three days. Um, he wants you to find out everything you can about the tech, about what it actually is for, whether or not this is some sort of like fraudulent attempt by the huts, or whether or not this is a real offer. Um, and he wants you to set in play some sort of gambit to steal the tech if uh, something happens at the auction and my Terranor isn't able to actually procure it through legitimate means. Um, so he wants you to figure out a way to steal it. Um, and then he says that you're, he's sure that you probably, you know, have no idea how to go about any of this. So he's going to give you some help and explains that um, the night before the auction. So in just about, you know, in about 48 hours time, the huts are holding a party. They are throwing a sort of ball to um, uh, for certain members of the uh certain select members uh, who are going to be participating in the auction I'm grinning right now and as a sort of celebration of the huts and of you know this great opportunity and again as another show of like you know assurances that the huts are uh, legitimate in their offer and that this is all above board um ran ran explains you need to get yourselves invited to that party somehow and that that is probably the place where you all have the best chance of finding out more about the tech, finding out where it's located, and perhaps even gaining an and gaining you know some leg up or advantage that would allow you to gain access to it. Um, he explains that you need to work quickly; um, that failure is not something that will be accepted, um, and that all he the only other thing he knows about the party is that it is being held at the palace of Jabba the Hutt. Palace, I say, excitedly. Okay, so, do, uh, I know do, why, know? Uh, do I know why Percival was banished? Percival, do the other people know why you were banished? Uh, I believe that Jin would probably know. 
being okay. in a similar sort of place. So Shoto, you do not know. Okay, well then I I turn to Percival and say, okay, a, a ball. That sounds like you know dancing should be up your alley. Yes, I'm 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 very much looking forward to it. So while you guys are sort of chatting and giggling, um, I mean, there's no way you could fail at dancing, right? The message starts to end, and Rian Rand signs off by saying, uh, "Now all of you grab your life day best, your Empire day best. Excuse me, because you're headed to a ball at Java's palace." Um, and that, my friends, is where we are actually going to end the first episode or the second episode, but the first episode for you guys. Um, Woo! We're going to a party, guys. I'm excited. I'm excited about the ball. You guys are not actually going to the party yet. You need to get yourselves invited to the party. We'll get... I I will get invited. And then you get to go to a party. Um, I will get invited to that. Yes. So, Brian, if you're listening, you're welcome to sort of come back in as we prepare to wrap up the show in just a couple of minutes. Um, The reason why I am ending the show here, as opposed to on a more like high dramatic note, um, and anyone who listened to episode one knows probably what I'm talking about when we're talking about high drama. Um, But uh, the reason is I would like the two of you to spend the interim between this episode and the next episode that you record coming up with a plan for how you're going to get invited to Jabba's Palace. The two of us or the three of us? Sorry, the three of us. Okay. Um, (laughs) Coming up with a plan for exactly how you're going to find out about this tech. Um, Yeah. That we can do. Yes. All right, Um, we can do that. Yes. Uh, So, and uh, yeah, so the, uh, the only other thing I would tell you is that Sonny Windwalker is a real character, and <laughs> I figured out in the time that we've been sitting here who that character is, and there may come a moment when you or perhaps the other group crosses paths with Sonny Windwalker. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, so thank you, Saf, for creating that character in the moment, and uh giving me someone else to play with. Um, I'm very, very, very welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. No, I'm welcome. I'm very glad. Um, I welcome myself all the time. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> um, assuming also that we'll sort of uh, end off with uh, um, end off with you guys like preparing to at least sort of rest for the evening before you wake up the next day and get about whatever your plans are going to be. Um, when we return to you guys, which will be during episode four, um, you will all have recovered any strain that you had. So uh, Percival, you'll be back at sort of, you know, full rest uh, Shoto, you as well. Uh, Jin, you didn't take any strain or wounds. So you're, you're going to be I'm fine. Amazing. Yes. Wow. He's going to so, not have a hangover or anything. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Percival, nice. everyone. Yeah, good job by Percival there. I thought the Togruta were supposed to be the ones with a higher alcohol tolerance. <laughs> he drank a lot of the Empire. Oh, you choosing all the wines and brandies we had at court. So, uh, you know, I, uh, we're basically going to wrap up the episode here. Um, for anyone who's listening, thank you very much. Of course, we will be back Um uh, sometime soon, you know, within uh, sometime in, I would guess, uh, 
early-ish February, I think. We're going to, you know, we, we, we always have to figure out the exact dates, but with episode three, which will return us back to uh, the the uh, rebel team of uh, Brian and Nancy um, and Rocky, and we will pick up quite literally immediately where we left off with that team. Um, and we'll have more information on episode three later. However, I will reveal that episode three is called Under Pressure. Um, and uh, so uh, we'll have more information about episode three, including a time when we'll be recording it and posting it coming soon. Um, hope everyone had a good time. Um, Saf, thanks for getting up so early in order to play with us. Uh, Fine. I had to get up early today anyway, so it was worth it. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, yeah, so that was that. Um, hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Hope you guys had fun. Um, there is a lot of crazy fun stuff to come, uh, especially now that I have a little bit better sense of how the three of you are going to interact with both each other <laughs> and the rest of the galaxy. Um, so can't wait for that. Um, so I think unless anyone else has anything they want to ask or say, we will uh, get ourselves wrapped up and signed off here. And uh, I think Brian mentioned going around a circle just with everyone's Twitter handles. Oh, yeah. Go around the circle with everyone's Twitter handles. And let's start with uh, Jay. I'm at Admiral Jello. Sweet. Uh, Saf. I am at Wanda Lustin. And show. I am at Riorin, spelled R-Y-O-R-I-N. And I am at Darth Internus, I-N-T-E-R-N-O-U-S. And uh, we will uh, see you all next time here on Of Dice and Droids. Um, may the Force be with you, and have an awesome weekend, everyone. See you later. Bye, everyone. This podcast is still not canon. For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi-Station.net.